is Jared the GM on ESPN 1025 The Game. He's the GM, Floyd Reese. GM, how are you? I am outstanding. Are you? Yes, I always. Mean, it, you seem to never change. Never Un- change. Fortunately, well, you want the fortunately part or the unfortunately part to that response of you being outstanding? Uh, whichever you choose. Well, fortunately, the Predators are outstanding after they kicked that Detroit rear end last night. I mean, they were down one nothing when I flipped the game on. I was over at my parents' house because my sister's in town, and I was over there. I flipped the game on. My dad goes, down one nothing already? God! And then next thing I know, I look over, and it's 5-1 to one Predators, and they end up winning 6-1, and I was like, well, I guess all that talk we had yesterday on Predators game day about, you know, I think they're going to go out there and play with some passion after losing the last two games. I think we saw a little bit of that. On the, during the uh, game last night. second period <laughs> in the second period yeah. yes first period they they lacked it but some way found it in second period and lit it up also Pecorine start the I think it's what seven zero and two or eight zero and two the eight zero and two start for Pecorine is the best in the history of the NHL for a goalie over thirty six years old wow <laughs> <laughs> so whatever <laughs> for a goalie over 36 and 62 and weighs approximately 195 pounds pretty much in size 14 shoe so <laughs> and he picked up another assist last night and so he picked up yeah, another two assists Floyd's favorite stat he's got, he's assist to finish, in the NHL he's going to finish top 3 in assists my question is what did Jared and the GM have to do in order to get credited with an assist you know <laughs> like what what's Amazing. the in order to get that okay now, the unfortunate, the Titans. We talked about the Carolina loss and why they lost and what happened and what's wrong and all of that. But the grim reality sometimes faces you in life before you get there. You know what's coming, and you know there's almost no stopping it. And Joe Rexrode writes in The Athletic talking about the Titans. Sunday's 30-20 to loss to the Panthers at Bank of America Stadium came on a crisp, sunny, 60-degree day in Charlotte and provided a clear, unvarnished view of this team. It isn't very good, Rexrode writes. It won't sniff the postseason at 4-5 and five with one of the toughest seven-game finishes facing anyone in the league. Its problems are not as simple as getting a new quarterback. Ryan Tannehill was mostly good for a third straight game as the starter, and it didn't matter. And although the Titans will approach each day as if in the hunt until they technically aren't, we're heading towards prove-you-deserve-your-job territory. That's the awaiting drama. So do we agree with Joe Rexroad at 5-4 and four after what happened, I mean, excuse me, at 4-5 and five after what happened in Charlotte on Sunday, that the reality is the Titans, the discussion now for the Titans is who's going to keep their job next year, who should stay on the team next year, who's fighting for the jobs next year, as opposed to this team still has a chance to make the playoffs. Are we there yet? Are we ready to say, look, I mean, at 4-5 and five and the, the AFC the way it is, uh, Floyd Reese? I mean, I don't, you know what? If you're 4-5, and five, I mean, it's not, you've dug a little hole. I mean, there's there's only one way to get out of it. And you certainly aren't going to pitch it in. I mean, I'm not, you know, if you think this is the end or you think guys are playing for their job, no, no. I mean, they're still, I promise you, they're thinking they're going to some way, somehow light it up and and do some things they haven't been able to do and hope the opponents do some things they haven't done and 
Maybe it makes a difference. I mean, it's the only way you can approach it. That game. does not inspire a lot of confidence in me from you saying, well, maybe you'll play a little I, bit better than you've played. It, and maybe you know they'll what? Play it doesn't matter what you think, though. That's the, the part you have to realize. And it doesn't. And they understand that. I mean, they'd say, sure, he, he's not on our side. That's fine. We'll go over here and we'll do our business. And, and it may very well end up just what we're talking about. But you certainly don't approach your work that way. Well, I know the players in the team are not going to approach their work that way. But I'm talking about for us. I mean, can, do we think it's over? You can do anything you want. You can you can approach it any way you want. How do you approach it? I'm approaching it. We're four and five, and we're going to dig our way out of this. It's the only way you approach it. Now, you can approach it any way you want. You're over 21, right? Go for it. Can I not approach it when I'm under 21? You can no. You could really <laughs> or do like that. ripping a uh, shot of fireball. Like what are, we, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, no. You can do. You could probably do it if you're, you know, six. Okay, it's up to you. So here's the reality of the situation for me. First of all, I think the Titans have a great chance to beat Kansas City this week because if there is anything that I've ever learned about the Tennessee Titans in the last five years, it is when one of these teams comes here and it looks like there is no chance to win. They pull it out of their rear ends, and they usually kick the other team's rear end. You know, Green Bay came in here a handful, a couple years ago, and DeMarco Murray starts the game off with a 75-yard touchdown, and you run them out of here. And New England came in here last year, and you kicked their ass. So I am, I am willing to believe that Sunday's game against Kansas City, the Titans are going to have a chance. Now, here's the problem with the Titans. If the tit- there's, two, there's two big problems I have with the Titans. Number one is the inconsistent play. And Sunday, the thing that hurts so much about Sunday's loss to the Panthers is that it would have been avoidable if they just could have done like one of seven things that they did not do in the first half. If just one of those things was changed, if they just made a field goal here, or they just stopped them on fourth down there, or they just caught the ball there, or they just didn't fumble it here, like that would have changed the entire game and the Titans would have had a decent chance to win that game at Carolina. And that's what makes that game so frustrating. The team is too inconsistent, and they have been for the last half decade. That's the first problem. The second problem is the one problem that I don't think it's brought up enough about this team, and that is that they can't kick. This team can't kick, and you cannot be a defensive team in the NFL if you can't kick because a lot of games are going to be decided by field goals. And if you can't kick, then you can't win. And so there's so the again that splits off another branch, which is what you said yesterday about Suckup. We all have to believe Ryan Suckup is going to be a better kicker than he was on Sunday. He has kicked too long in this league to make us think that that guy is as bad as he was Sunday, right? Yeah, I mean he missed three kicks. Well, you've lost three games because of the kicker. Not because of him. No, but I'm just saying you've lost three games because of the kicker. So the hope has to be that those games you were losing because of the kicker, now you will win because this kicker will revert back to the player that he is, which is a hope, which makes me think they can win some close games. Texans could be close. Oakland could be close. Some of these games could be close. They pull out the games they weren't winning that were close. Maybe they have a shot. But it's hard for me to get on board with this team when they are so inconsistent week in and week out. And that the problem at quarterback and kicker and offensive line have just, you know, what what they started the year with, have just put them so far behind the eight ball at this point that the team is not talented enough or 
good enough in order to get themselves out of it. When you had Titans teams dig themselves out of mess messes, they had good players like Steve McNair, Eddie George, Javon Kurz, Kevin Carter. Like you had good players that dug yourselves out of that hole. Do we re- can we really say that about AJ Brown and and you know Kamale Correa and Harold Landry and Kevin Byer, like, can we can we feel that way that those guys are good enough to dig themselves out of this kind of hole? And that's where I where I struggle for a second. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it's I mean, there's not going to be anything easy about it. I mean, I don't think that's that's the issue. And and it's you know, I mean, it's like everything else. The first two games Tannehill played, everybody's excited because we're getting better, we're doing things better. It's all positive. It's you know we've got two wins, and if we can continue, well, then you get in the third game. He's the only one that did continue. Everybody else backed off, and so you know you're saying to yourself, "Wait a minute, now we had trouble with the quarterback. The quarterback was the issue the first however many weeks." And then all of a sudden we got the quarterback figured out now, and the rest of it's going to be an issue. I mean, I don't, I don't believe that's going to happen. So, you know, I mean, you're going to go in, and it's going to be there's going to be a lot of special things have to happen in the next whatever it is seven weeks. But you know what? I mean, that's you see you see you see it happen all the time, and it's just you got to have it happen for you. Well, this time a year ago, the Titans went into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. And I don't remember what the Cowboys record was after that, but I do remember, like, I thought Jason Garrett was getting fired on that Tuesday. Like, the Titans went in there and kicked the daylights out of Dallas on Monday Night Football. And it felt like Dallas' season was over, and Dak might get cut, and Garrett was getting fired, and it felt like that. And Dallas, you know, ran off a huge stretch of wins down the stretch and ended up making it to the second round of the playoffs. I just don't think the Titans are good enough to do that. You know, I go back to the players. Do the Titans have a Demarcus Lawrence? Or a Jalen Smith? Uh, uh, Landry. Or a Ezekiel Elliott? No, we don't have an Elliott. Well, that's or Amari Cooper. Like that's who Dallas had last year that pulled them out of that hole. You don't have those guys, and that's where um, that that's where I really struggle with the Titans right now is the fact that I don't think the players are good enough to dig themselves out of this kind of hole. Although I do like the quarterback, I you know what I got to tip my hat to Tannehill. If the, if the Titans make the playoffs, then it'll be a hundred percent because of Ryan Tannehill. But outside of that, I mean, Joe Rexroad says the Titans are not making the playoffs. Here's the question for the callers. Are you ready to say on November 5th, it's over? Should it be over? Is there even a glimmer of hope? Floyd, you, you, we all knew what Floyd was going to say. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. Floyd was never going to say it's over. No. But, you and know, I'm not ready to put my flag down and say it's over, but I'm getting pretty doggone close. 615-737-1025, 615-737-1025. And is it the Titans' problem that they're in this mess, or is it kind of focused on one other issue? We'll discuss that next. Jared and the GM live from the Wholesale Inc. studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. It's ESPN 1025 The Game, and streaming on the Game Nashville app. Here comes Ryan Suckup. Ryan Suckup just activated and added to the active roster. He went to the IR prior to the start of this season with a knee injury. Well, you have to remember, Greg, these Titans, that points are valuable to the Titans because defensively, 
The most points they've given up a game is 23, so most of their scores have been very low, so three points is a big deal. Suck up from 43 yards out. And he pulled it from 56 yards. down the middle not enough and short this one will be 44 had a knee injury looked good enough in practice they activated him this kick on the way hit the upright and bounced back you can go ask him the locker room's open i don't i don't know what to tell you we wouldn't have made the guy active for the game if he wasn't confident in doing his job and i wasn't confident in in Auk and john and everybody in the organization we'll go back to work and practice and, and try to help everybody um, do their jobs better. That was Vrabel after Suckup made his misses. So the Titans are in this mess at 4-5. and five. And they are 7-for-15 on the year of kicking field goals. So as much as the offensive line has been a problem, as much as quarterback when Mariota was in there was a problem, as much as getting burned with these late runs in games, which was not something we really touched on yesterday, but the McCaffrey run, just like the Colts run, just like the Jags run, just like some of these late runs in games, burns them right in the rear end. So all of those problems have been problems this year. But do if we're really being fair and analyzing the Titans, is this a Titans problem or is this a kicker problem? Like, is this is this a Titans problem or is this the fact that, like, the team is a mess or is it that this team just can't kick and you can't win in the NFL if you can't kick? Well, especially our team. I mean, we're a defensive, defensive team, based team and you've got to be able to, you know, chalk up those field goals. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, we knew we knew when Suckup got hurt it was going to be a problem. Uh, you know, the kickers that are out there are the ones you can go get and you can go find the the best one for you that's still going to be somebody that just got cut that's, you know, trying to find a spot for himself. Um, and it's not necessarily, in my mind, you know, when you start bringing those guys in, it's not necessarily the guy that maybe looked good that day as much as it's the guy that's, you know, understands the business the best because it's, you know, he's going into a tenuous situation and it's going to be tough on him and tough on the coaches and the players. I mean, it's But if you're a GM tough. and you're evaluating the team, are you looking at your team saying, my team is not good enough or my coaches are not good enough? Or do you look at it saying, I've put together a good team and a good staff and we've been in position to win. We just can't kick. Well, I mean, the part that disturbs you the most about, about you know, the way the team stands right now is – you know, if you're GM, you're looking at it and you're saying right guard has been a problem. You know, I did not solve the right guard issue. And so that's the, you know, that's going to be number one on his list. I'm sure at some point in time is to is to find a way to take care of that. And, and you know, I mean, to think a third round guy is going to come in and start for you and play and be effective is is at best a long, long shot. You know, and and so you know, you go get you you try to depend on Panville, and he's you know hurt again. I don't know if he's hurt now, but you know, got hurt again, and so he's gone. So now, where are you? I mean, it's just some, you know, mess after mess after mess, 
and uh, and that's that's something that's got to be addressed. Other than that, if you look at this team, I mean, I think you can look at it and feel good about about most of it. You know, you got. I think it's eighty. The eleven defensive guys are signed for the next three years or more. Well, to your, so I mean, I don't, you feel good about the defense. Well, you but know, to you your say, point well, about I'm, the right guard, I'm going to be okay there. Well, to your point about the right guard, the right guard sucked. But yet, if you make kicks, you win games. Like if you just kick the ball through the uprights, in spite of how bad the right guard has been, if you just make the kicks, well, are we really sitting there saying, you know, the right guard? Yeah, the Titans are. What what would the Titans be if they could kick in the Indy game, the Buffalo game, in this game? Seven and what? Seven and three, or whatever it is. Seven and two. Like what? So if they could kick, we wouldn't be complaining about the right guard, would we? Oh yeah. I mean, the thing you don't know is you how many times was Tannehill or Marcus on the verge of throwing a touchdown pass and getting sacked, you know, or how many times were there guys running wide open down the field and he couldn't, you know, he, he could have gotten the ball to, but he couldn't and he got sacked. And so it's, I mean, plus, you know, ability to run the ball or eat up the clock or do whatever it is you want to do. Um, so that's a problem. I'm not taking anything away from the kicking. I mean, you're right. I mean, the kicking has been an issue. Absolutely. And and without a doubt, it costs you a couple of games. And this team, you know, the way this team is put together, you, you just not, you can't afford those kinds of things. You can't afford those mistakes. Let's go to your phone, 615-737-1025. You know we love the phones. We go right to them. Dan is going to kick us off with what he thinks the problem is. Go ahead, Dan. The problem is, uh, Taylor Lewan and Smith. You get rid of both of them and get somebody in there that knows what the name is. Uh, it'll be better than them. I mean, Lewan cost us two touchdowns. You can hang it up any kind of way you want to. Call the playback and set us back and a jerk. Smith jerks uh, Derek Henry out and puts in. Uh, Deion Lewis, and he loses yardage, and yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> ain't the team, it's them two bombs. Thank, thank you for, you. thank you for your call, Dan. So he, he wants to get rid of Arthur Smith and Taylor Lewan. Floyd, I gotta tell you, the Taylor Lewan stuff, like, I don't think you can get rid of Lewan because I don't know how you would find a left tackle for next year if you did that. But I wouldn't be against it. You know, like if the Titans had a path to a left tackle and they felt good about that left tackle and then they called somebody, Oakland, and they traded him to, to Oakland and Taylor Lewan was in Oakland, boy, he'd be a great Raider. He, that's exactly what he should be, a Raider or a Cowboy. <laughs> Send him over there, fine. You know, I am, I, I'm with the, I understand the fans. Like, I don't think you have a choice with Lewan other than to just pray that the guy plays better and doesn't get suspended for PEDs again. But the fans hate Lawan, And it's it's funny because when Lawan's playing well, they love his podcast and they love it. They call him dad. And they put jerseys, they're number 77 dad. And they love all that crap. And then when he's getting called for penalties, they hate him. You know, What, so. a, what a surprise. <laughs> the real shocker there. But I see, I'm just saying, I see where the fans are coming from in that regard, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) can you give me the Melanie Collins thing from yesterday again? I cannot explain to you how much this burned my rear end. So I'm watching the game in the Ontario airport, flying to Phoenix uh, from California, and I am in the airport watching the Titans game on my phone. 
So to do anything on my phone, to text somebody or to tweet something or to do something would require me to go out of the game. I could not watch the game if I did that. And when I heard Melanie Collins say this, I literally almost just dropped my phone. Greg, the Titans haven't been able to get out of their own way so far. And Taylor Luan was fired up down here on the bench after that last series. Four penalties already on the offensive line. And he said to his guys, we've got to be smarter, stay disciplined, and stack good plays on top of good plays. They're having trouble finding consistency without their center, Ben Jones. I just lost my mind. You have four penalties. You have two of them. <laughs> like, you, like, you're going to go tell the offensive line, hey, guys, stop committing penalties. You have two of them. How can you tell the guys to stop committing penalties? You have two of them. Like, come on now. Well, I don't know, Taylor, but the little bit that I've heard him talk or been around him, I mean, he's always the first guy to say, hey, I, I, I know. I oh, know. And he did after the game, which I give I know. It's me. But Remember what we you said still about have to change. We still have to, you know. Um, and so he's got a point. But but I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hear what he said. Well, like like you said uh, with Marcus, eventually the I'm sorry's and my bads, the, eventually I, you, you're kind of sick of those. And uh, the other thing that I just thought of listening to that Melanie Collins clip again, I mean, it sounded like she was talking about something a coach would say to her at halftime. Like Taylor Lewan's just talking to the guys, and she's like, he told me that he needs to really focus on it. Like, wait a minute now. Like, that's not how they talk on the sidelines. <laughs> Uh, sure. Jonathan's up next on Tannehill's Impact. Go ahead, Jonathan. All right, yeah. So I feel like that Ryan Tannehill has definitely had a really cool impact on the Titans, at least, because you've kind of seen that feeling difference. Like, you feel that confidence, and then you've seen people exploding out the gate, like the random Tajay Sharp game, where you see him coming out, and then you see games with Adam Humphreys, and then the same thing with um, Smith as well. So I feel like he's definitely been helping, and I feel like he can take us to the playoffs. So, again, thank you for your call. I mean, Tannehill's not the problem here. Whether you make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs, I don't think has to do – well, if you make the playoffs, then yes, I think it has to do with Tannehill. If you don't make the playoffs, I don't think it has a lot to do with Tannehill. Well, it's going to be – I mean, the, the thing you, you keep wondering, and this is why I said, uh, you know, you the thing that keeps you going is for the prior eight weeks or however many weeks – um, I guess it would be more like six weeks that Marcus was court. I mean, I think, you know, the thoughts were, hey, if Marcus played better, we would all be a lot better. And then when Tannehill came in for two weeks, we are, were all better. Different ways, different guys, but still better. Um, and then last week, we were just bad. I mean, that's the – but I, I'm not going to let – I'm, I'm going to point to the first two weeks and say that's closer – to the team we are and not the team that you saw last week. Well, that and Tannehill was the fourth best passer in the league last week. So, you know, as far as he's concerned, he's doing his job. Although uh, Vrabel does not want to hear the players say, I did my job, which I, I understand the coach not wanting to hear that, but Tannehill is doing his job. Ian has a hot take on the Titans. I, I thought it was a really interesting take Ian threw out this morning or this afternoon in the production meeting. So, Ian... You ready for to give us your hot take? Sure. Next, Jared of the GM, more your phone, 615-737-1025. Ian's hot take on the Titans. We'll get to that coming up. ESPN 1025, the game is sending one lucky winner and a guest to Dallas with the winner classic celebration flyaway. Listen for your chance to qualify this week at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., and 3 p.m. A winner will be announced on Friday, November 15th during Jared and the GM at 530. 
The grand trip includes includes round trip airfare, hotel accommodations, and a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at the American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve. A pair of tickets to the Winter Classic for the Preds and the Stars at the Cotton Bowl. And prizes are courtesy of Outback Presents. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. By the way, I did not comment on this. Those Winter Classic uniforms for the Predators, oh baby, they're rocking and rolling. They are smoking. Love them. Jared of the GM at TSPN 1025. How do you evaluate the job that Arthur Smith has done so far this season? Well, I think that the value on all of our jobs is um, is below average because we're four and five. So we haven't played well enough and we haven't coached well enough. Um, that That's where I value all our efforts, starting with me. Can I say that by Mike Vrabel having that answer, he's saying that he is not approving of the job that Arthur Smith is doing? <laughs> can I not take that when he says that I don't approve of the job everybody's doing? You can say he said he's not. Yeah. Hey, well, how do you approve of the job Arthur Smith's doing? I don't approve of the job anybody's doing. Hey, see, he doesn't approve of that. I probably can't. I mean, Vrabel might as well. Like. Vrabel <laughs> might as well. A great job by Vrabel to answer that question. Vrabel might as well have just said, next question. You know, like when the guys, what do you, how do you uh, evaluate the job Arthur Smith's doing? Next question. Ian has a hot take on the Titans that he brought up today. So I'm staying well, out of this. I don't know you just it, bring, it was a question. I don't know if it's so hot, but I was just thinking, during, you know, watching the game, there's just three things I think they've totally botched this year. The kicker position, they've totally botched. The offensive line, they've totally botched. And I think OC, Arthur Smith right now, is just not in a good position. It was just not a good season to have him learning on the fly. So I think those three positions, those three things in particular, I think they've kind of botched this season. Blood? Well, Felice, I, it feels like it I to mean, me, yeah. just watching. I, I mean, you know, I, like right guard. The Lawan situation is a total mess. The contract that you gave him, and he gets suspended, and now he comes back, and he's not any good. He's like one of your highest-paid players. You have no interior offensive line, really. Jack Conklin does not look good as a right tackle. You know, Arthur Smith probably is a really smart guy, and he probably does work really hard. And his dad does have a lot of money. And But to throw him in there to call plays for the very first time with Marcus and the whole situation, I know maybe it kind of worked out with LaFleur last year because he had never called plays before, but that just seemed like a stretch. And then, you know, if you knew Suckup was hurt and he's not hurt going into the season, he's on IR, you don't know who you're going to sign, and you just haven't figured it out all year. You just, in the last preseason game, they're talking about Suckup with him on the TV with J Rob, and he didn't seem too worried about it. I'm chuckling. So, chuckling about it. I just feel well, like. Well, I'm glad I don't have that problem to worry about kicker. They just, I mean, I'm sure it was tough, but I think they've really botched those three pretty bad. The hard part is that two of the three, they really had no control over. Yeah, the Lawan thing is tough, right? It, it, it's well, just like they have—they don't have any control over um, the kicker going down. You know, they certainly didn't want him to go down. I mean, they didn't, but but you know, I mean, they weren't—they weren't waiting, sitting around waiting for him to to go down. I mean, uh, so that kind of surprised—it certainly surprised me. I'll say that I was shocked because I didn't ever see him get hurt. Uh, well, he and, had knee surgery, and, remember? And the court, yeah, but that didn't—that's nothing. The um, the coordinator thing was—I mean, I, you know, they were—I'm they, sure they weren't planning to have him be the coordinator. 
in a season when you're going to change quarterbacks mm-hmm. and your offensive line is unsettled. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't part of the plan. Um, and you would much rather have it a very stable time. Um, and him come in and Marcus is going to be the quarterback and Marcus is going to finish the 16 games and Marcus is going to sign a long-term contract and he's going to be here for the next eight years. I mean, I'm sure that was more along the lines of the plan versus, versus you know, we're going to change all these things up. Now, the offensive line, I'll grant you. You know, I mean, the offensive line was... You were crying you know, about I, it the day I that they cut yeah, Josh I, Klein. You I, were like, whoa, I, now. I never felt like I never got... I never got a solid feeling like, okay, that's taken care of. Um, so, I mean, I can uh, I can understand, but I'm not sure. I mean, the the first two or the first one and the third one were not part of a plan. The one thing that bothered me about the kicker situation was Suckup was not activated to be able to participate until like the last week of camp, and they had a punter doing the kicking for those first three games, and he he really looked like the guy trying to kick to win a car at halftime. And it was like the Titans weren't taking a backup kicker in camp seriously. And I would have liked them to have brought on a young kicker in camp so that that guy could have gotten some experience with this holder, with this snapper, with this team. Because you knew Suckup wasn't 100%. Remember, he said when he came back he couldn't kick it further than 40 yards. And you were like, well, how the hell is he going to kick off? So I don't think they were proactive enough about kicker Uh as a backup plan, even though they they believed in Suckup, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't even remember Suckup being hurt. Back to the people. Uh, Tom is up next on the Titans. He's got a Tannehill take. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. Good afternoon. Hey, uh, two quick things. I think if the Titans lose this weekend, yeah, they may win a couple more out through the season, but you know they're pretty much done for the year. Uh, and then number two is I think I remember Jared that you, at the beginning of the season, were complaining about Tannehill, saying he sucked, he sucked, he sucked, but it sounds like you're starting to change your tune. I don't ever remember saying Tannehill sucked. I do remember now when he was in Miami, I did not like him. But I never never remember saying that he sucked. I do remember backing Floyd's notion that they were never going to give Tannehill a chance because we had eight years of tape on Ryan Tannehill. But the truth of the matter is... I've seen three games of Ryan Tannehill. I like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with Ryan Tannehill being the starting quarterback of the Titans next year. I'm cool with it. If you told me right now the Titans signed him to a two-year extension, $18 million per for each year, both guaranteed, I'd say great. They got a, they got a steal at $18 million per. There's no way Tannehill signs for that, by the way. But they would have gotten a steal. Guy comes in, throws 300 yards a game, and he's making $18 million when the average quarterback in the league makes twenty five. Sold. Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know. I know you don't. That's way out there. Brandon's up next on Arthur Smith. Go ahead, Brandon. Hey, guys. uh, Big fan of the show. Um, With Arthur Smith, it just feels like the hire made sense at first with Mario being the starting quarterback, trying to keep him an offensive coordinator that knows the system, and he was hired to make Mario's job as starting quarterback easier. But now with Mario probably not even being on this team next season with being Canada being here now, it probably would just make more sense to possibly move on from Arthur Smith. We haven't really seen anything from him in the offensive play calling. He's a first-year play caller, and it worked out with before, but with Tannehill being here, I think it would just make sense to get a seasoned veteran offensive coordinator that's called play and to just make this offense just 
better as a whole. Cause we haven't seen anything, I feel like, from Arthur Smith in the play call. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. And thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for the call. I, I don't know what it is, and we touched on this a little bit yesterday, but I kind of feel like I, I'm not ready to criticize Arthur Smith yet. And it, it's so out of character for me because, generally speaking, if the offense is bad, I get mad at the coordinator. Like, I mean, that's pretty simple. Right to the coaches. But I, but I can't get mad at Arthur Smith this year, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I don't feel like he has the tools in the toolbox. I don't know if I feel like it's because he was unprepared for the job. I don't know if it's because they can't kick and that's not his fault. Like, I don't know why I'm not ready. I was not ready to get giddy about Arthur Smith after the Cleveland game when everybody else was congratulating him, saying that they had just found like a prodigy, like the yo-yo ma of offensive coordinators. I wasn't ready to go there, and I, I am not ready to go all in on Arthur Smith. Now, the special teams coach, fire that guy. Oh, drives me insane. Offensive line coach, fire the guy. But... I'm not ready to go there with, with Arthur Smith yet. And I don't know why I'm not ready to go there. But the fans, when we talked about this yesterday, the fans are ready to go there with Arthur Smith. Yeah, I mean, we talked to a few yesterday. They just, none of them know why. <laughs> so, I guess that answers it for me. You know who would be an yeah, interesting ask option? Ask him the same question. Why do you want to fire him? Well, well we're not yeah, moving the ball in the field. Yeah, this is not. Oh, okay. I mean, they got no idea. Okay, right? well, then what's your defense of Arthur Smith? Tell us on the other side. And your phones. Because if because Floyd knows, because he's a football guy, because he's worked 18-hour days before, in which he left his 18 hours, walked out with a notebook. Something you have never, ever in your life out, done. Walked out with his notebook and said... We are giving it to Dion Lewis this week. Mr. Four Hours a Day. I work way more than four hours a day. Oh, you work. <laughs> I work way more than four hours yes, a day. Yes, you do. At the gym. I work like seven. <laughs> 615-737-1025. Somewhere between six and seven. 615-737-1025. Why Floyd is going to defend Arthur Smith as the callers and the fans hate Arthur Smith next. Jared the GM at ESPN 1025. Going down a stretch last year, it seemed like your winning formula revolved around 22. This year, is there an attempt to form an identity on offense? And where does Henry fall in that picture? Well, he's a very large part of it. As you can see, that um, once we were able to stay on track uh, like we were in the second half, um, he was a, a, it was a large part of it. Had a couple screens, a catch and run out of backfield. We ran the ball. We were able to block 59 and gain yards. But because of the way things went in the first half, um, you know, it made it hard. You know, we, we, like I said, we, we had 11 plays out of I think, the first 21 plays that uh, were either first and 15, second and 10 plus, third and extra long, third and 14. Those are tough spots to be in um, when you want to try to have an identity to, to run the football, throw play passes, run boots, uh, run screens, mix in drop back passes. Uh, th- those are tough down in distances to, to run that. But uh, when we can stay on track and run it, throw play passes, throw screens, you can see that there's, um, there was some effective and good football. That was Vrabel trying to talk about how they did not use Derrick Henry enough and how important Derrick Henry is. So the callers don't like Arthur Smith. I am indifferent on Arthur Smith. I'm in the middle. I'm not ready to, to be all out on Arthur Smith. 
And Floyd, are you an Arthur defender or are you and just are you like me in the middle on Arthur? Because yesterday we talked. The question was yesterday: Does Floyd agree with the fans that don't like Arthur Smith? And you turned it around on the fans, yeah, and asked I mean, the fans I don't what know. they don't. But I want to know what you think of Arthur. I don't, don't know what I'm defending. I don't. I have yet to have somebody tell me what they think he did wrong. So I don't know what I'm supposed to defend. Oh come on, Floyd! What is it? The, the offense isn't good enough, and is it Arthur's fault? <laughs> let me let me ask you this: Who who you want to coach that offensive line? Why? Well, you, you, I, I want to fire the man who is coaching yeah, the offensive you line. You don't want to coach that offensive line, and no one does. So I mean, we'll start there. I mean, that's he's placed in an impossible situation. I don't I don't know how you evaluate anybody that's that's thrown into a. You know, a rookie right guard and a, whoever knows what, who's playing center and your your all-pro left tackle is, I don't know where his head is. And, uh, I mean, that's, you know, you can, like I, like I said, you can blame whoever. But I don't know. We had all those calls yesterday. And all I ever wanted was somebody to come on and say, this is what I don't like. They'll say things like, well, I don't like the game plan. Well, what part of the game plan? They have no idea what the game plan is. Nothing. They got. They don't have a clue. But that—that's a term, a football term that's thrown around. So they're going to use it. Yeah, we don't like the game plan, really. And which part of the game plan do you not like? So I mean, it just makes it difficult, you know, because you're—they want to be mad, and I can understand them wanting to be mad, you know. But I mean, you don't. I don't know how you can evaluate a guy. I mean, when when you're mad, you're not going to like him anyway. It's the same deal. If you're losing, you lose a game, and I don't care what you did. It's not good enough. I don't care who it is. You could have put together the best game plan in the history of football. Makes absolutely no difference. So, so my biggest thing with Arthur Smith is that you can't blame him for the kicker. And last year, the offensive coordinator was 27th in the league in points, and he's the coach of the Packers. Arthur Smith is 26th, so he might be the next coach of the Cowboys. I mean, you know, like, Belichick retires. Arthur Smith. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate the offensive coordinator. And it's funny, you brought up the game plan. and the I can tell you exactly what I don't like about Dean Pease. You know what I don't like about Dean Pease? What's that? Third and long, go to a zone. They just find the tight end in the zone, gain a 17, first down. Does Kansas City have a tight end? Kansas City has like 17 receivers that are Olympic sprinters and a really, 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 really good tight end. Football, yeah. Who the only time you beat them is when you knock him out of the game. We yes. need to sign Cyprian for yeah, just a that's week. Right. Yeah. Cyprian got traded and then placed on IR. He's on some team's IR. I don't think he's played a game this year. To your phones we go. Cedric, go ahead. Thank you for calling. Floyd, Floyd, stop it, man. Here's why we're mad as fans. Okay. They score zero points twice in a month and a half. Right, but is it, is it Arthur Smith's fault that suck up missed that easy kick? Because then you can't say that. What do you, what do you mean you can't say it? Well, because if suck up makes the kick, it's not Arthur Smith's fault that they haven't scored in a half because they scored three points. That's not true, Jared. There's there's a million other uh, possessions there where we did not move the ball. He gives the ball to Derrick Henry, who you all say is our best player twice. That's his game plan. He's looking at the play sheet. He's making the calls. Great coaches find a way to coach guys up. The Ravens draft Lamar Miller at quarterback, who everybody said was too dumb and too inaccurate to play quarterback at the NFL level. And what does the offensive coordinator do up there in Baltimore? He finds a way to make that guy effective. We've got Marcus Mariota, who everybody loves, who said was so smart, so accurate, 
such a great guy, and our offensive coordinator can't find a way to make everybody's beloved guy uh, an effective quarterback. Great offensive coordinators find ways to make guys better. North Turner has been all over the league, and North Turner has produced as an offensive coordinator his entire career. He's also been That's fired what we want from Arthur Smith. Uh, he, has, he has been fired, but you look at his offenses, his offenses have been great. Now, the talent runs out just like it did here with the Titans. Floyd, Floyd was the GM, and they had a great run. The talent ran out. He had to get rid of players. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately, man, my, my man Floyd left, and we ain't never been the same. But that, that, that happens, man. So I, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear, man, why Arthur Smith is this great guy when they're not doing anything on offense and Derrick Henry's getting two carries and a half, man. What we need is an experienced guy. And Jared, I yeah, told you Cedric, in the offseason, man. Cedric, thank you for your call. Floyd, your thoughts? Uh, we went through this whole scenario yesterday, the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, play by play. And there was virtually no plays that he was going to get. There the were ball. about three three or four more carries you could have given the ball to Henry. Like I said, there were no plays more that he was going to get the ball. He ca- he was given the ball out of five. I went back and looked at it. I want to say there were five first down, legitimate first downs. And four of the five, he got the ball. Two of those five were penalties. So, I mean, you know, whose fault is that? So it goes from first and 10 to second and 20. Is he going to get the ball now? No, he's not. No, he's not. Sorry. I mean, and I think I think if you go through and you, you look at those and you analyze them, you say, okay, well, how many real opportunities were there to get him the ball? And I'm talking about real opportunities, meaning, you know, you don't look like a dummy by by doing something, you know, in a – way out of character for anybody and and uh um you know so i mean i again you can approach that any way you want but i i don't see i didn't see any way possible out of those first out of that first half that he was going to get the ball much i mean that was part of the game Corey is up next on the titans future plans go ahead Corey. hey guys um i agree with you jerry i think Tannehill's done enough that he should seriously be considered to start next year and, you know, maybe sign to a short-term deal for the next, you know, three, maybe four years. Um, a four-year deal in the NFL is to. not short-term. Well, my point, though, is that you're going to have to have him as a bridge, I think, for a quarterback in the future. Now, I think you need to address the offensive line in a serious way and maybe look at more of a um, multidimensional back in the backfield before you worry about, you know, a quarterback in the next year. Um I'm just wondering what you guys think of that. How long can they wait to get another quarterback, either as a project or even with a first-round pick? Floyd? Yeah, I mean, that's all based on, in my mind, on what happens this year. You know, if you feel good about him and you think, you know, yes, we need to go ahead and find a way to sign him, then I'm not sure a quarterback is, is all that important right now. Um, but you know, like you said, let's say we sign him to a four-year contract. You know, uh, part way through that contract, it becomes important, and then I think you start saying, "Okay, you know, we need to go ahead and find somebody that can come in here and learn, and you know, get used to the program, so that whenever it's time to to make the move, we can do it." Um, but I don't, I don't know. You know, it's. That's so up in the air, so iffy on on every case. You know, he may not be the guy. They may just say, "Hey, no, it's not him." So now you're in a quarterback market. And you're out trying to find somebody. 
yeah, again, veteran or, rook, or uh, draft choice or whatever it may be. So I got a lot of thoughts on Ryan Tannehill. I want to get to those coming up next. And I would just say that, I mean, if they sign Tannehill to a four-year deal, and I love Tannehill, but if they sign him to a four-year deal, is it not going to be like every day on the radio the same as it has been of, is the quarterback any good? Let's take your calls like we've done for the last four years of this show with Mariota. I mean, I would say that Mariota, the 2016 season was the one season where we didn't spend every day on the show talking about whether or not Mariota was any good. Right. Other than that, we literally spent three years of our lives talking about whether Mariota was any good. And then he gets benched, and two days later, we're done talking about that for forever. And so now, here we are with Tannehill. They signed Tannehill to a four-year deal. I feel like he might be doing the same thing. So I, I don't know how I feel about that, just from my own life perspective. Six Well, you're going to be, if you don't do that, then you're going to be talking about some rookie. Daniel Jones? Uh, yeah. So. 615-737-1025. Coming up next, is it fair to look at Tannehill and say, well, you know, he's only 2-1? and one. Or... Do we look at the way Tannehill has played and say, yeah, he's been pretty good? We'll discuss next. Jared and the GM, CSPN 1025, the game.